Hey, believers, it's Dr. Shantae, and I am excited to bring you our guest for today. I have so much respect for this woman. She is a phenomenal powerhouse in her own right. She is the only African-American in media sales for a major television network. It is none other than Michelle Thornton, Senior Vice President of Media Sales for BET Centric. And Michelle's book, Strategic, is a great read for women. She is really passionate about women leveraging their innate gifts to succeed in their lives and in their careers. She believes that women are innate strategists that use most of their time and focus taking care of others. And so in this book, she's encouraging women to use a portion of that energy towards developing a personal life plan. So I know I have a lot of male listeners and you might be thinking like, oh, this is just the episode for the ladies. Oh, no, because you can learn from anyone. And I know that a lot of you consider me a virtual mentor. So make sure you tune in all the way to the end. I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. I hope you enjoy. So Michelle, let's get right into it. One of the things that stood out to me about your book, actually several things. And so listeners, if you have not gotten your copy, please head to strategic.com. You can head on Amazon where books are sold and make sure you get a copy. But one of the first things that jumps out and just kind of slaps you in the face is this philosophy philosophy about being owners and not renters. So if you can kind of break down that philosophy for our listeners, that would be great. Sure. I would love to. So, you know, I work for a gentleman by the name of Lewis Carr, um, and he's been in the business for 30 years. And at one of our sales meetings, he's like, look, you guys can approach this business uh, as owners or renters. He's like, let me tell you what renters do. Renters don't take care of their property. They don't pay attention to details. They walk over trash. They don't paint. He's like, they're not invested. And I was like, wow. And it was a really eye-opening moment for our entire team. And when I thought about my own life and my own journey and a lot of the folks that I meet along the way, that we have to elevate our thinking to becoming owners, even when we work for corporate America. So when you own your business, you take pride in it. If you see something on the ground, you pick it up. If you see a wall that's not painted, you take and you take time to fix it because you understand that if you make everything right around you, you will get a bigger benefit. That's what owners do. And so my thing is strategic was like women have to become owners of their own business, their own destiny. Because what we do is we give time to so many folks. Mm -hmm. And when you give away all of your time, how can you really have an ownership stake in the game? And that is what I'm calling us to do is to become owners with that mentality even when you're not a business owner, even when you don't have your name or your LLC printed, that you have that same mentality as you approach anything in your life, which is your ultimate assignment and destiny. One of the things, one of the biggest misconceptions about life and certainly about business is this notion of when and then. So when I become a CEO, then I'll act like this. When I have my business, then I'll do that. But it doesn't start with the title. What Michelle is saying, folks, is that it starts with the mentality. It really starts with you. And some of you are working at jobs that you hate and that you're counting the days and building your exit strategy. However, what Michelle is really trying to emphasize is that even while you're at that job, that mentality about becoming an owner of the space that you're in is going to be a great setup for becoming an owner in your purpose and your calling and your destiny. And I should be interviewing you. Uh oh. <laughs> Because self-awareness is so important in this conversation about 
you know, not, not making any excuses and understanding your environment and what's going on around you. And when you have an acute awareness of your peripheral view, of how people view you, of the roadblocks that are being thrown up or the challenges you face, you shouldn't be one yourself. Don't allow people to tell you who you are, what you can be, because we know that they are not the determination factor for who we are and our destiny. If you believe anything bigger than yourself, we know that's not true. So when you have acute self-awareness, which is the first chapter in the book, you can actually begin to understand your power, your seat at the table and how to move, because now you understand how people view you. It's a really powerful tool. Actually, that's a great segue into the next part of your book that really kind of jumps out. So in addition to talking about uh, self-awareness, so the way that this book breaks down, folks, is that uh, Michelle lays out 10 strategies, you know, 10 really mind shifts um, and practical steps of execution. And one of those things that she suggests is to transform your circle. So you just mentioned that you shouldn't allow other people to kind of determine and speak death into your destiny. Can you talk about that process of, of making that transition from maybe people that knew you from around the way into a different level and surrounding yourself with a different set of peers. You know, I was like to say that my dad, before he passed away, told me, baby girl, mm-hmm. everyone can't go. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't understand what he meant. But what he meant, as you grow, so do the things that you need around you for, for to thrive before your existence. And that's people, that's things, that's opportunity, that's everything. And so because we have this emotional tie to people, we think that they have to continue on this journey with us. And it's not true. Mm. This is what I say, is that if people aren't feeding into you as much as you're feeding into them, I would I would analyze that that relationship because we can't just be just be the people that always give. And as women, that's what we inherently think we're supposed to do to our family, mm-hmm. to our jobs. If you look at really successful men, Dr. Shante, they have a lot of women around them because they know they multitask. They know they get stuff done. They're taskmasters. Mm. They that's all they have in order for success to rise. And so what I say is that we have to also have people around us like that, that are like-minded. And as you grow, your relationship and circle should grow. Don't spend time with people who don't value the time that you're giving them. It's that simple. And it's okay to create an elimination. I, look, every step of my life, I've created an elimination list. But that doesn't mean you call people like, you're eliminated. <laughs> right, we're not doing the Donald right? Trump. You're fired. Yeah. We're not doing that. Yeah. That's not it. What happens is people will no longer want to be around you because they'll no longer feel comfortable. Mm. It's going to make them feel uncomfortable. Either they're going to grow or they're going to move. There is no other. They, they will not sit still. And so as you continue to grow and build and walk in your true assignment, those people that aren't supposed to be part of your circle will be moved out from the uncomfortability of your success, of your new movement. Of You know, they'll say you've change. Yes, I have. And I'm good with that. And, and are you? No. And are you? And it's really, really, really important. I think that that Michelle has hit on a, a few things, guys, and I want you guys to really kind of, of take note. One of the, those things that you hear kind of out in the atmosphere is that success leaves clues. And one of the things that Michelle said is that if you look at really powerful and successful men, they're usually surrounded by women. And so I'm going to go there. Let's look at the church, y'all. Okay, let's look at the church. Now, if you look at the pastor, but then you look at his administrative staff, I'm not talking about deacons. I'm talking about the people that are making the copies and the programs and making the phone calls and booking the appointments and the speaking gigs. Women are doing that 
job. And so if you're looking at how that hierarchy is set up, then she's absolutely right because he surrounded himself with a, a supporting staff in order for him to be able to, to walk in leadership. Yeah. Another thing that you said is that basically that like attracts like. So as you move closer to your purpose, you are either going to attract people that are similar minded or you're going to repel them. And if you repel them, what Michelle is saying is that's okay. These emotional ties and we, we tend to get in our feelings and sometimes people around us get in their feelings about what they're entitled to. However, um, as you move towards closer and closer to your destiny, some people are not going to be able to take that journey with you. And we all have to make peace with that. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that we talk about on this show quite a bit is is really believing bigger, as the title suggests. But it's believing bigger than obstacles, believing bigger than our circumstances, a lot of things. And one of the things, and I thank you for being so transparent about this, is you basically say that, hey... I had hit, quote unquote, baller status, that Mm -hmm. I was dating a baller and, you know, from the NBA and and there was this glamorized life that we see on television, you know, a lot of bottle popping, a lot of luxury, a lot of this, that and the third. But you went from that status to walking away from that relationship and being independent and said, I'm going to clean houses and work as a hotel clerk. So can you please break down the myth of the baller status and why you opted to be independent rather than continue in that lifestyle? Uh, So this is what I'll say about that. There's a price for everything and nothing is free. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And so we can look at a lot of these relationships and folks seemingly so happy. And look, there might be one or 2% that actually have the fairy tale, but I don't care whether you're married to, you know, a police officer or an NBA player, there are challenges in any relationship. Mm. This is the, this is the big, uh, this is the big thing about this whole, I want to be this thing through someone else that we have an opportunity and I could see it. Right. I could see how people reacted to me, how they wanted to know who I was. And it had nothing to do who I was dating. Mm. And so I made a decision and I created a tagline that I was going to be a brand and not an accessory. I was not going to spend my life making someone else look good. Someone else's arm piece. It didn't feel right. It didn't move in my spirit. And you have to you have to be open to honestly looking at yourself and say, am I in a relationship that uplifts me and I'm a relationship that allows me to be my best person that encourages me? And maybe it is married to a ball player. Maybe it is married to a billionaire. That wasn't my circumstances. So when you put it through a filter that says I am a human being, I deserve to be treated in a certain way. I have my own skills. I have my own destiny. And, and in this relationship, whether it's with a man or an employer or a family member, am I allowed to be my best person? And the answer that I, the, the answer to that question when I was in that relationship was no. Mm. This is not allowing me to be. This is not encouraging me to finish my education. This is not encouraging me to build a business. This is not encouraging me to be a strategic. And so then I had to make a decision. 
okay, what what will happen if I leave this relationship and what does that time frame for me to begin to walk? And am I willing to sacrifice for greatness? Mm. Am I willing to do that? Now, understand nothing's guaranteed, but I had a feeling that if I moved away and God looked me in my face in the book, I say he, he, he presented himself to me. So I knew that he wanted more of me. Was I willing to take the chance and allow fear not to lie to me any longer? And once I did that, great things happened. And yes, I had to step back. And yes, I had to clean other people's houses. And yes, I had to do some things that you know, weren't my destiny, but I, I respect anybody else has to do them because maybe it's theirs, mm-hmm. right? I always leave money in a hotel room because I understand how hard they work, um, but it wasn't mine. And I had to take a really long look at myself, not in the instant gratification, doctor, but in the long term, mm-hmm. who is Michelle Thornton assigned to be? I love that. You all, I got chills. And if you didn't, I don't know what you heard. You know, as, as she's speaking, when you said that, that I've decided I'm going to be a brand and not an accessory. That is a powerful mental shift. Um, yes. You know, Harriet Tubman, you know, that famous quote, she says, you know, I freed a thousand slaves and I could have freed a thousand more if only they had known that they were slaves. And sometimes we do find ourselves slaves to an ideology that the world puts out there, you know, that that uh, that someone else has scripted. But it may not be your script. You know, some of us are living out of alignment from the script that that God has kind of crafted and ordained for us. And as you were speaking, that scripture that says, uh, what could a man give in exchange for his soul? If you gain the whole world and lose your soul, or what can you give in exchange for your soul? And so I thank you so much for, for sharing that. And and being very transparent about the fact that it does require some bravery. It does require some honesty. One of the things that I always, always encourage my clients to do, encourage people that come to my events to do, I say, you have to deal with your own stuff. Mm-hmm. You have to unpack your own bags because, you know, it's easy to to kind of point the finger at, at other people or other circumstances or, oh, if I had been born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Uh-uh. At some point as grown women, we have to take a moment and say, wait a minute, what am I contributing to this dynamic? If I'm unhappy in any way, am I contributing to that? If I'm unfulfilled, is there any way that I'm contributing to that? And in that same process, am I enabling somebody else to feel like it's okay for me to feel this way? And, and this is where relationships are really important because you got to have people in your circle going to be honest with you mm. that you know have enough discernment to be able to look at you and say and be honest with you in that you're not living. And so I had a young lady um, who I grew up with in Oakland and she was always the person like, Michelle, you're bigger than that. You deserve better than that. And I'm like, what? I'm rolling around in a Porsche. You, you, you can have your own one day. You don't need it. Like, so she was always honest with me. And when you have people like that around you, you have to know that's a blessing. Yes. Yes, it is. And, you know, even if you guys, you know, take a look in the word, you know, even Kings, you know, that's the purpose of the prophets. The prophets were the person that was designated to just go and tell you the truth about yourself whether you wanted to hear it or not. But, you know, it's good to have people in your circle that love you enough to do that. And Mm -hmm. in part of that story, one of the things that you kind of uh, end the book with is craft your own story and sell it. So there's two things happening here is one acknowledging that you have a story that needs development, but also making a shift to monetize that and put that out into the world. So can you talk about that process? 
Uh, yeah, I just uh, had a lunch with a young lady, and I thought we were just catching up, but I love how God works. So she shared some stuff with me, and, and I, I told her, I said, you're not owning your bigger story. And she's like, wait, I said, you're, you're thinking so small. Mm. So she started a network for women uh, entrepreneurs and she has about 150,000 subscribers. It's like big, right? So her whole thing is big and she's talking about, and so I encouraged her. I said, look, you need to have four adjectives that describe who you are in your walk. It's influencer, it's boss, it's leader. So I was like, you have to assign it. Cause if you don't assign an adjective for yourself, the world will assign one for you. And you can't get mad at the word they give you. Mm. You cannot be mad because you didn't take it upon yourself to define yourself. Now, this is this is the whole thing about creating your story. Everything is bought and sold. Everything. And if you think that it's for someone else or just for Coca-Cola or for BG, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, Michelle Thornton is bought and sold. And what I mean by that is it's up to me to sell my brand. It's up to me to position strategic. It's up to me to present and sell centric for my day job. Right. Right. And so you have to take the time to have a one minute dialogue that describes who you are. Trust me, everybody at some given point during the week will run into somebody and they have an opportunity to position something or get something or give something. And they don't know what that story is. Mm. And we owe it to ourselves to take enough time. And we didn't even talk about that because there's a huge section in the book that talks about how we don't know where our time is going and how people are taking it who haven't earned the right to be in our midst of time and time allotment. And so we, we, we give it away. And so we have to take the time to build our story. And that story changes as we grow, but you can't just run up on people. Oh, I have this great business idea and you don't even know what it is. You don't know the people you're reaching or your competition or the dollar amount or the revenue opportunity. And you're just talking and talking and talking with no real story. We owe it to ourselves to own our story, to be able to articulate it in a way that makes sense within 60 seconds of meeting the person that can help us or advocate or sponsor or advise us and get us to the next level. When I tell y'all, Michelle just preached a sermon right there. I'm looking around for the ushers. I'm like, can you please pass the offering tray? Because that she dropped more than dimes. Okay, that right there is one of the most... That is a tremendous struggle, especially for people, whether they've been in business for five years or they've been in business for six months. When you ask someone, so what do you do? If five minutes later, you know, I'm looking at my watch like, why did I even ask the question? Because you're saying things like, well, what I'm trying to do is or kind of what my vision is or where I think I'm going with this is you've already lost your Correct. opportunity. You've already lost. I mean, first of all, I, I I told Michelle at the beginning of this interview, I said, I'm so thankful for you taking the time because her time is precious. OK, like she she has, has uh, carved out an opportunity for this interview. But if you go get into someone's presence who has an opportunity to, like you said, advocate for you, you have to be quick. You have to know exactly what that story is, exactly what the comps are, exactly um, what it's worth and the potential and the impact that it can have. And here's the thing about it. A lot of our listeners really do struggle with self-doubt. They struggle with that question. Well, who am I? Well, who am I? Well, who am I to say that? Well, who am I to to do that? Because in our community, we have this thing about um, it's sometimes it's hard for us to make the distinction between uh, confidently pitching yourself 
and bragging. And sometimes we're so afraid of the people that are going to judge us or the people that are going to throw shade that we shrink back into the background because we don't want to say this is what I've accomplished when it's actually something to be proud of. Right. Well, this is why analytics removes the label of uh, being, you know, of bragging. Mm -hmm. So when you can say, you know, uh, I am the senior vice president of sales for Centric TV, and we created a network that res- that respects black women. Let me tell you the three reasons why I say that. Let me tell you the three reasons why it's important we did this. It removes me from the thing. Yes, I'm the only African-American woman that sells national television time that has a team across the nation. I could say a bunch of things. Forget about that. That That's not important. So we need to understand our story and remove ourselves and just stick to the story. Mm. Stick to the important dynamics. You have a business. What is your business going to do for me? Why is your business important? See, it has nothing to do with you. It doesn't mean that it doesn't matter that you started a business. It doesn't matter that you're the first. The, oh, nobody cares about that. What they care about is what are you going to do for me? Mm. How does it bring me value? And how does it allow me to grow my entity by doing business with you? And when we can get into the weeds of that, then we win. Love it. Boom. Right there. You guys, I will be uh, putting all of her uh, strategic gems into the show notes. But that right there is just such a compelling opportunity for you guys to really think about. People are not buying your what, they're buying your why. And if you can tap into the value of the why, then yeah. you are off to the races. So I do want to tap a little bit into the world that you live in because you live in the world of content creation and people are pitching you stuff all the time. And we have, you know, listeners that are aspiring to, to live in the world that you live in. So for you, what is the criteria that you use to say, uh-uh, this content is either not is going to work or it's not going to work. It has potential or it's completely crap. How do you filter that information out? What is good content for you? So, you know, there, there are a couple things. Of course, I'm not the deciding factor on content, but what I do do is I give my content producers and the programming folks an opportunity to to understand what is being purchased in the marketplace to reach this consumer. Mm. Does that make sense? So, you know, I have uh, Fortune 500 companies that know they need to reach African-American women because this is what we know. She she watches more television than any other consumer group. We know that she is the CEO of her household, whether she's married or not. Okay. We know that she has a $200 billion checkbook based on her demographic and her power. So we know that advertisers want to reach her because she is the perfect person to buy their, their, their product and service. And then the last thing she does is when she finds something she likes, we know, right? This is what we do. We tell everybody. Tell about it. It. That's right. She's going to tell it and sell it for you. So now that I understand, know that what I encourage people to do when they're pitching me that, what does she want to see? What will make her sit at home and watch a show when there's so many folks trying to talk to her and trying to get to her? What means something to her, her community, health and beauty? You know, maybe she just wants to be entertained. It's probably around relationships or men or so you have to think. And then the other thing I would do is look at and see what people are watching and see what advertisers are in it. Right. Understand the the notion of how this business works and then create something that's different. 
that's still in the same vein. We know we have a whole lot of folks, you know, beating each other up and pulling hair and throwing bottles. Come on now. What, what else do we want to see, right? What else resonates? We know being Mary Jane does because she's a strong black woman with issues. Mm-hmm. We know mm-hmm. that resonates. We know that Greenleaf has resonated because it's around a church and the true intimacies and all the foolishness that goes on. I'm watching Pitch about the first black woman baseball player in the, in the, um, in the big leagues, I'm watching Queen Sugar because we know this whole athlete scene, but it's not about a wife and people throwing things. It's about dynamic of family yes, and, and yes. having each other's back. and the inter- So these are the things we know black women want to see. So if you're creating something, don't create something that you think is good. Create something that you know people are going to watch and be in tune to and that advertisers can get around. That's the dirty little secret. And, you know, and I thank you for sharing it because a lot of a lot of this, you know, you know, Erica Badu, that famous uh, quote she has like, hey, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish. It's like, boo boo, we get that. But our artistic creativity is just one aspect of the puzzle. So many people are surprised when they uh, get a publishing deal. It's like, baby, you don't get to choose the cover art. You don't get to choose the color scheme. The publisher makes all of those decisions because there's a business aspect that is attached to that art. And what Michelle is saying is that you have to understand the business side of what it is that you want to do. It's not enough to just be creative and be artistic, but you have to also understand that there is a monetary component and somebody has to step into a room that you're not going to be allowed to go into and advocate and sell it for you. That's exactly right. So let me end with this. One of the things that our believers struggle with is self-doubt. And one of the things that I love about Michelle, obviously I'm a little biased because you guys know I am a college professor. And so I love, I am such a champion of the learner. But you went back to school, you graduated at 30. And sometimes we put these artificial numbers up in front of our success that if I haven't done something by a certain time, if I haven't follow, if I'm not doing this by 25 and I don't own this by 30, then it's completely lost to me. Can you just leave some parting words of encouragement to a person that might be thinking it's too late for me if I, if only I had started 10, 15 years ago, but they're on the verge of giving up. What would you say to them? Yes. Thank you for saying that. I went to school. I mean, I graduated at 30 and I can tell you not many people asked me where I went. They asked me, did I go? Come on now. Okay. So don't even get caught up. Yes. A lot. I know folks who went to Harvard and Yale and all these places. I went to Golden Gate University and I sit as a top executive for Viacom. So it doesn't, you just, I I do believe it's a weeding process and people ask the question because they want to know that you made a commitment to something and followed through. Right. So education is critically important. Let me say this uh, on my parting words at 50. I just turned 50. I have a nine and 11 year old. So I had my kids when I was 40 and 41 and 40, 42. I was turning 42 when I had my son. Come on, sis. Okay, I went to the White House and party with the Obamas. I wrote a book. I went to Paris and London for the first time at 50. Let me, we, we set boundaries on ourselves. The world tries to put us in a box. Mm. And I said, there is no box big enough to contain what God has in store for us. So you guys can follow what the world says you can do, or you can allow his goodness and grace and his mercy and his will for your life to manifest itself and meet you through your preparation and his will. And it does age is only the limitation that we set on ourselves. 
I love it. Thank you so much, not only for for sharing that, but for taking the time for this interview and let people know how they can follow your progress, your success and the networks that you support. Where can we find all that good stuff? Yeah. So listen, I'm going to be pushing out. So, you know, my website is www.strategic.stra.t.e.c.h.i.c. No K. K is for karma. You don't need to show it because it's going to happen to you if you don't live right. Come on now. Okay. So strategic.com, I have a lot of stuff there. Um, you know, I, I have to be a strategic. I just hired a social media person because I can't do everything. So she's pushing out all of the things. I just uh, signed on to do a tour next year for the strategic playbook around the motivated moms tour. So we're going to actually get to work instead of just coming together and talking and seeing what we have on. We're actually going to get together and work and build our, our plan for our destiny. Love so it. I'm excited about doing that. So that will be coming out. And I'm partnering with so many other folks. And uh, but, but I will have it listed. I'm going to do a better job of having my calendar up so when people go to the website they can see where I'm going to be in and we welcome everybody and look please reach out to me if you want to go and can't afford to or something's up look I'm gonna buy you a ticket you know, like that's how we're getting down. We're really, this is not about, you know, th- this is about changing lives. God has revealed to me what my destiny is and it's to help women understand that they can do and be anything. And so I'm here to help and advocate for that. So this is, this is teamwork, man. It makes the dream work. It absolutely does. And when I tell you guys that Michelle is so sincere, she's absolutely sincere. One of the chapters in her book is about serving your way to success. And she is absolutely committed to service. Michelle, thank you so so much. I wish you the very best. We'll definitely be hopping on that tour and following you on on social media and all of your endeavors. Thank you so much for, for, for reaching out. I'm so excited to always do conversations like this because if we can change one person doctor we doing some good work for his will you got that right all right believers if you have any comments any takeaways any tweets any shout outs you make sure you hit us at dr shante says i'll be putting all of michelle's social media information all in the show notes so that you can reach out to her as well and be sure to tune in to our next episode bye-bye